I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Oh, Porzingis fell to him. Two Bucks players knocked one another off the rebound. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Beat the Bucks boy, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, we have a marvelous bounce back win for the Dallas Mavericks. But more importantly, we're joined by the one, the only, the from the man from the land down under, Kane Pittman. <laughs> It is good to be here. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. We were talking about this, this YouTube world. Uh, Locked on Bucks has not ventured into the YouTube world yet. So a um, <laughs> little bit nervous here. Uh, bear with me. Bear with me. The, the, the shock, the disappointment of the Milwaukee Bucks performance tonight has been dissipated by my anxiety for this podcast. So we'll see how we go. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to break down the Dallas Mavericks 116 to 101 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, we have Kane Pittman, host of Lockdown Bucks with us. He's going to talk all about the Bucks side of this win. Uh, we'll talk about the Drew Holiday contract a little bit. We'll also get into the um, the Giannis signing, re-signing extension. That was kind of a big deal for Dallas Mavericks fans. Uh, this is also going on Lockdown Bucks. So if anybody's listening on Lockdown Bucks, we are Nick and Isaac, the hosts of Lockdown Mavericks. All right, let's get into it. So the Dallas Mavericks get the win, a bounce back win. They had just lost against the Houston Rockets, worst team in the league. Um, nope. Giannis doesn't play. Kane, what's going on with Giannis? Why didn't he play? When is he expected back? Are you nervous? Well, I think anytime you get this close to the postseason, you start to get a bit of anxiety when there's multiple games that he's missing. So this was the third straight game that Giannis has missed with uh, knee soreness. He did sprain this knee against San Antonio going back a couple of weeks ago. Um, the confusing thing with this injury has been the fact that he has played games in between. One of those games that he played in between, despite the fact that he looked sore, was Portland, where he, he just uh, coolly put together a 47-point night on 18 for 18 from two-point range. So this is the kind <laughs> of confusing thing about this knee soreness for Giannis right now. It feels like management. It feels like they're just taking care of him. Mm. But the Bucks aren't exactly... Let, let's just say the Bucks aren't exactly open with players that are injured or players that aren't playing. So it is all a bit of a mystery. But um, you'd probably like to see him playing here some point in the next week because uh, the, the playoffs are going to come up pretty quickly. You want to talk about mystery. Well, Dallas Mavericks fans know this, but the Mavs have had several players out for reasons we don't even know. Willie Colley-Stein <laughs> has been out since the beginning of March with uh, with what they call health and safety protocols. And we're like, oh, he tested positive. And then he got the vaccine the other day. And so we're like, no idea what's going on with him. Why is he still out? Tyrell Terry's been out with personal reasons for over a month, maybe more than that. So yeah, I totally understand what you mean by that. And uh, by the way, we're like 40 days away from the play-in games. That's wild to, to start thinking about that, to start looking at the playoffs uh, and to start that being com- becoming a real thing. Uh, I have a couple questions about the Bucks, though, and we'll kind of get into this game a little bit. Uh, the Bucks right now would play Miami in the first round. Does that make you nervous as a team that, you know, beat the Bucks last year and it's kind of a you know big deal and they're this sort of like dark horse team in the East right now. I would say that the the play-in seeds right now and the bottom seeds in the East are full of 
landmines. And I, I think it's the same in the West, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, your your team being one of those that you're sort of hovering around that range of uh, being a potential scary first-round matchup. But, yeah, Miami would not be ideal in the first round. Boston would not be ideal in the first round. There's a bunch of teams that have been hovering around there. We were talking about the Raptors a lot. They they look like they're a little too far gone at this Oof. point. But, yeah, I mean, this, this first round and this playoff, run and this playoff race is going to be extremely interesting to see how it plays out because the Bucks right now, and this is why a loss like, uh, not so much tonight, you guys are a good team, there's no Giannis, but the loss against Golden State a couple of nights ago where you have a big lead and you blow it, that really hurts because the Bucks are trying to keep pace with the pace uh, with the Sixers and also the Nets to try and potentially get that uh, first seed because if you don't, the situation you lined out is certainly possible. You could get Miami in the first round. If you beat them, great. Now you've got Philadelphia potentially, and if you beat them, great. You've got Brooklyn in the conference finals. So you're, oh talking, about, you're talking about a disastrous run through the postseason. So these games, for that reason, do matter. But, yeah, you, you've got to be a little bit scared if you're a Bucs fan. Kane, do you know what LeBron would call that? The hardest championship ever won. That's what LeBron, LeBron it, it would say. Exactly. It, it probably would be his hardest road through the Eastern Conference considering he had a cakewalk for a decade. <laughs> right, yeah. He, LeBron never had to deal with a run like that. Let's be clear. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say this about the Giannis injury stuff. I think it just speaks to the league as a whole, too. You know, I was listening a little bit to Doris and Zach Lowe, and they were kind of talking about this whole thing, too, of just this whole schedule right now and so many back-to-backs and there's no, hardly any rest days. And, you know, Dallas right now, we're about to have two off days, Uh, with no games and that's like I mean they're referencing it in a media session because it's that big of a deal like whoa (laughs) we have two off days and I think so many teams are in that spot we're seeing so many organizations go to these different links of finding these rest days for their players and not I don't know exactly what's going on with the honest stuff but it, it sounds like if they are picking these days he's playing but then he's setting out too it does seem like they're trying to do the same type of thing that some of these other teams are doing with their stars of hey, we have to find some rest days for our big-time guys. That feels like the optimistic view of it. And in terms of like if you're a Bucks fan, you hope that that's all it is, the fact yeah. that it's just a bit of management. But you know, I, I found it interesting pregame jumping in the call with Rick Carlisle because he was asked about Chris Taps and the fact that he was going to play in this back-to-back. And he referenced, as you pointed to, the fact that, well, we've got two days off. So we're kind of you know picking and choosing when we can play and when we can't play him. And for a team like Dallas who – as we pointed to, this win is is really, really important with trying to potentially avoid a play-in, um, whatever seed you end up finishing in. I think it's going to be really interesting across the league. And for the Bucks tonight, and I already mentioned you guys are in a back-to-back, so it's it's not an excuse. But for the Bucks tonight, the sixth game on the road trip, they play tomorrow at home, and then they go straight back out on the road for another three games. And we're seeing this right across the league. I mean, it's hard for me, and I don't know how you guys feel, but night to night, I just don't know what I'm going to get from the Bucks, who the last two years have been so damn consistent. And it's frustrating for the fans, but I, I'm just looking at the schedule and looking at this team and thinking, how are they not uh, completely exhausted? It makes sense to me. Oh, you're talking to the two guys that cover a team that just lost to the Rockets last night. Right, right. Like, right, like yeah. completely. You never know what you're going to get, especially with a young team. 
uh, like the Dallas Mavericks. You're going to get, like, who, who knows which team is going to show up night to night, and who knows which players are going to show up. And it's so hard to look across the league and be like, oh, that team is really, really good, or that team is really bad, right? You look at the Celtics. They're about a 500 team right now. You're like, ah, oh, that should be an easy win. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, hold on. There's two all-stars on that team, plus Kemba that can be, like, this wild card, and Marcus Smart can be a wild card and all that. And so you're like, dang. Well, you never know 100% what you're going to get from every team. Uh, yeah, so in this game, we'll get to it a little bit. I have one question before we really break down the game. What What does Brooke Lopez think he is to come into Dirk's house <laughs> and to try the little one-foot, one-legged fadeaway in Dirk's house, Kane? I need answers. I did tweet this out that I feel like any opposition player coming into Dallas, any type of one-legged fadeaway, particularly from a big man, should be banned. In fact, I don't know if you want to eject that player, but he definitely should at least pick up a tech for doing that. And the even more ridiculous thing about this was the fact that he hit two of them. It was Pazinga's part in him. It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. He pulls out that shot a lot. But, yeah, I thought that was a little bit rude doing that in Dallas, no doubt. He does that shot a lot. You've seen him, like, he pulls that shot off all the time in games. Yeah, and he's got a ridiculous percentage. I, I don't have the numbers, but it feels like he hardly ever misses them as well. And it, it's not it's only does shot. it seem like, I mean, it's, you can't defend it, clearly. I mean, if no. the seven foot three Pazingas can't get a hand up to stop it, then no one can. But it does seem for a man that huge, it seems kind of unnecessary that he needs to <laughs> pull out that shot. I mean, does he really need to be doing that? Surely he can get something easier. Hey, hey! How bad is PJ Tucker? I, I, he didn't play. I, he he's hurt right now. Is how much have you seen him play? Well, it's been a little bit frustrating because he only played a couple of games. But one of the games that he played, and the big question mark with PJ Tucker was uh, how much has he got left in the tank? Is he mm-hmm. a, a guy that can still defend to the level that you guys certainly in the West have seen in the past? And the Bucks played a game against Boston, and within that one game. He switched onto Jason Tatum and and completely shut him down. Then on the next position possession, he switched onto Jalen Brown, shut him down. And then on the next possession, he switched onto Kemba Walker and shut him down. And everyone's like, okay, this is Here this is go. the guy. Here we go. This is the guy. Put him out there with Drew Holiday and Giannis, and you're really cooking with gas. And then unfortunately, this calf strain has had him sidelined for a couple of weeks now. So it, again, okay. mystery. Who knows? Who knows when he's going to come back? But Bucks fans have their fingers crossed for sure. Coming up, we're going to get into this game, talk about how the Mavericks pulled this off, when it was looking like the Bucks were going to pull away from this game and win. We'll talk about that with Kane coming up. But before we do, we got to talk about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. They're the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. Kane, what's your favorite Built Bar? Anything with coconut, which, uh, by the way, I was absolutely pumped that coconut one, uh, one of I think, what, which bar was it? The one that built bar man. Oh, the coconut, coconut brownie something. chunk. That's the that's the favorite among lots of people, including myself. Uh, absolutely. Coconut almond, coconut available right now. You can also get the double chocolate, the raspberry. Incredible flavors that you can get at builtbar.com. Use that promo code locked fifteen to get a fifteen percent. <laughs> to get 15% off your next order when you uh, go to builtbar.com. You can also get a whole bunch of other stuff. I actually have stuff in my cart right now. I should probably I, I should probably use that promo code to get my that stuff out of my cart. You get rewards, all kinds of stuff with Built Bar. It's a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for a keto diet. They're incredible. Go get them. Kane loves them. We love them. Go get some Built Bars today. 
Speaking of today, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Kane and Wizard, let's get into this game. So Giannis doesn't play. Bobby Portis gets the start, and Bobby Portis is the prototypical player that just destroys the Dallas Mavericks. Julius Randle, uh, Bobby Portis. Who, Isaac, who's another like big man type guy that just destroys the Mavs like this? Uh, I was going to say who's somebody else Bobby Portis destroys. I was going to say Miritich, but... Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a throwback name. <laughs> uh, I mean, DJ Augustine, He, I feel like he's a, a champion of destroying the Mavericks, but Rodney Hood... But yeah, Bobby Portis, he does, but I'm not going to lie. Every time he got switched off on Luka tonight, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. How has Bobby Portis been on this team? Because I've seen like random stuff from him where he'll have really good games. And it seems like he's fit into that rotation and become a real like crucial part of this team almost. Yeah, he's super solid. I mean, the one thing we know that the Bucks did in the offseason by uh, changing their roster, trading for Drew Holiday, they became more top-heavy than they've been in the past, and they do rely on their stars more than they have in previous years. So Bobby Portis has really been the first big off the bench. He, he's always willing to score. That's one thing we've always known about <laughs> Bobby, but he'll rebound. I mean, you saw tonight, you know, you don't have Giannis in the lineup. You put Bobby Portis in there, you know he's going to hit the glass on both ends. And, and, uh, and, and again, the energy is always there. I mean, he, he is just constantly trying to do something. He's active. And I think he, for a big of the bench, a guy that you're trying to get a bit of scoring spark, that, that's all you can ask for. I mean, the question marks, uh, like, you, like you mentioned there, when he gets switched on to Doncic, I mean, I don't think, first of all, I, I don't think it's necessarily a knock on Bobby Portis to say that if you're a Bucks <laughs> fan, you feel anxious about that because you probably feel anxious with just about anyone defending Luca on the perimeter in that situation. But... Uh, that being said, I, I guess if there's one question mark still on Bobby, it's the it's the defensive stuff come playoff time. But overall, for a guy that you're paying $4 million, I mean, he's been pretty awesome. He holds all that energy in his eyes, I think, right? Like, Crazy. Just, just, they're like, he just keeps, I don't even think I could do that with my eyes. Like, he was looking at Ken Maurer a little bit tonight, and he was giving him the eyes, and I didn't know what was going to happen. And then he just gave him like a friendly pat on the back of the head. I was like, what a guy. What a guy, Bobby. And you know he's he's punched people he's shared a court with before, so you, you just never <laughs> know what's going to happen with Bobby Bordis. Uh Yeah, so Dallas Mavericks kind of, uh, it's, it was a back-and-forth game. Mavs go on a run. Bucks are going around a little bit. They get to the third quarter, and the Bucks go on a 12-0 run at the end of the third quarter. Luca's like the team is falling. The Mavericks are falling apart. There's turnovers everywhere. Luca got called for a tech. What did you think about the officiating in this game? I guess. And then, uh, yeah, I do you have a comment about Luca's complaining because we're here to field any kind of. Any kind uh, of I do, I do have a comment, and unfortunately, as is often the case when you tweet about the NBA, sometimes you can catch a little bit of heat from an opposition fan base to perhaps the team that you cover. And tonight, I did tweet something that seemed to find uh, some members of Mavericks Twitter, and I don't think they necessarily appreciated it. But Luka Doncic is interesting, and I, I do want to ask you guys because this has been something that's been brought up before. I know that he's acknowledged it in terms of um, let's say he's complaining with the officials. And I think part of it, and and to be fair to him, I think part of it is that when he celebrates, he looks childish. But when he complains, he looks childish as well. <laughs> I mean, this is just Luca. So it, it can, you know, to, to watch, it can be pretty annoying to see the way that he complains. Let's just say that. There's the tweet there. Thank you. I don't even need to go to Twitter. So I said, 
It feels like Luka Doncic complains more and more with every NBA game. He plays as great as he is, which he is. It's becoming pretty difficult to watch. And I do wonder how Mavericks fans and how you guys feel about that. Is this something that's generally acknowledged with the fan base that um, he complains a lot? He complains a lot, yes. Um, Does he complain more than the average player? Yes. My thing with it is I think a lot of all the stars, it's like the rite of passage for the most. It's like once you reach that level of stardom, you complain a lot. Uh, But it is a thing. It is a thing in Dallas. It is a thing for him and for Rick Carla. Rick Carla talked about it after the game tonight that he has talked with Luca. He picked up his 12th technical (laughs) tonight. He's four away from the whole suspension, that whole back and forth. Now, something that Nick has been joking about on this pod before that, hey, if he reaches the 16th tech, (laughs) then he can just get a free off day. It's like another rest rest day. day. And Rick even alluded to that after the game. He's like, hey, if he hits 16, then he's probably due for a rest rest game at that point. But it is something because that complaining has taken him out of games and it takes him out of timeouts sometimes. Like when I, I go to the games, a lot, a lot of the home games, and I'll watch him after these timeouts. And, you know, players will go sit at the bench, and sometimes he's still talking to the ref, and he's acknowledged that he's got to get past that. And I just think that's a maturity thing. I, I hope it is, even though that we still see guys like LeBron, these guys in a league, you know, still complain. It feels like every single game. But I hope it's a maturity thing as he moves on in the league that, yeah, it doesn't take him out of games and it doesn't dominate so much of his emotions and, yeah, mental part of the game. Yeah, it just takes him I, out of possessions, right? Like defensive possessions, he'll just be still complaining to a ref and he'll just miss stuff on the other side, right? Or just you can see that the wheels are still turning in his head and so he just misses something on the offensive end. Like, yeah, it is. it does affect his game and it is. It really, it really annoys some Mavericks fans. It doesn't annoy me as much because – literally every player in the league does it maybe luca does it more and luca does, does Giannis little... complain yeah yeah he does he does um <laughs> and it, it's interesting i mean it, it's interesting that you point out the fact that sometimes it takes him out of games like i, I don't ever get that sense with Giannis. He, he kind of just tends to get on with it and i think you know in all seriousness as much as i joke about it if you're a mavericks fan that's all you're really worried about i mean as you pointed to, all stars complain. So if it's actually something that's impacting the play or impacting the team and and ultimately impacting his performance, then that's all you really need to worry about. But yeah, all, all stars do complain. Um, there's no doubt about that. But tonight, it, it did seem at times, and I don't know whether I mean you know he missed a couple of free throws there. It looked like he that's normal, totally no- that's, lo- that's normal. That's normal. <laughs> nothing new with refs. That's a different it issue. Like, it looked like Thanasis of all people was like frustrating him a little bit. And it was just as someone that doesn't watch him night tonight, like you guys do. It was interesting to see that he did seem to be someone that was impacted emotionally by how the game was going. And, and again, like you pointed to, maybe that's a maturity thing. Yeah. If he's not getting a certain call and there's a specific player that like keeps fouling him, like it seemed a couple times in this specific run that the kept like fouling him as the does, right? Like he just fouls yeah, all right, the time, right. but uh, then he wasn't getting called, and so he's like, and then probably Thanasis was getting back and forth into his ear, and like it just frustrates Luca. I don't. I'll go back what Isaac said. I don't think it takes him out of games completely. I think it takes it took him out of the the 
Rockets game probably. Uh, but I don't think it, it doesn't happen often. It'll take him out of some possessions. And he's pretty yeah. good at brushing stuff off and moving on. Uh, but, yeah, I want to ask you what you saw at the end of that third quarter. Because from the Mavericks side, it's like this team is falling apart. This is unacceptable basketball. There's just turnovers, all this kind of stuff. On that run at the end of the third, what did you see from the Bucks side? Well, again, I think you have to give some credit to Bobby Portis. There was one and one that he got there on the offensive glass that I think was pretty questionable, but he made the most of that. And Bobby Portis, again, this was a night to me that I thought that the Bucks lacked energy. Clearly, they got nothing out of Chris Milton or, or really Drew Holiday. I mean, let's be real. They combined to shoot 12 for 43. And if you don't have Giannis, you need those two guys to be firing. So that's where if you look at the, the box score and you see Bobby Portis and the fact that uh, he was able to put up 20 points uh, there and have 14 rebounds. I thought that just his energy, along with Thanasis, again, uh, maybe it was that one-on-one matchup with Luca, which I think for most people would be terrifying thought at the start of the game, but it just seemed to work <laughs> in that small patch. And it w- was not something that I was watching the game thinking, okay, let's roll with Thanasis on Luca for the rest of the game and have Bobby Portis play the whole fourth quarter. We're going to be fine. But I think within stretches of games, those two guys in particular are players that have given the Bucks energy and they've been able to spark little mini runs. And and to be honest, they, they needed it because I think you guys at one point went up by eight points in the third quarter. It looks like the game was about to blow out. And, and right as it got to that point, that was when the frustration occurred for Luca. That was when that 12-0 run happened. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't know how the Bucks are in front here, but we're starting <laughs> the fourth quarter and they have a lead. Yeah, the Mavericks fall apart. It happens. Uh, we'll get to coming up. We'll get to the fourth quarter and how the Mavericks – showed their maturity I think in that fourth quarter and really came back and uh, really responded both to the Houston loss and to this Bucks team and uh, did a really good job towards the end of the stretch so we'll talk about that with Kane coming up but before we do betonline.ag it's your one-stop shop to get everything you need uh, and to put some money down on some sports look at this NBL action right here Kane we have some southeast Melbourne Phoenix versus I don't know how to say this word say this word for me who are they playing? Illawarra Hawks. Yeah, you got to Illaw- zoom in for me. My, my eyes aren't that good. That's that's LaMelo Ball's team. Come on, man. <laughs> Is he playing on this team now? <laughs> he might be. Did they, did they fly him back to Australia to rehab? I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not he's- sure. <laughs> Yeah, the Illawarra Hawks. You can put some money down on that if you want to. Uh, The Phoenix are favored in that one. If you want to put some money down, there's Chinese Basketball League. If you want to put some money on that, Russia. Europe, all kinds of stuff you can put money down. Use the promo code Locked On, get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. And you can always bet on NBA games. Let's see if they have what games they have on coming up. So they have the Celtics, eight and a half point favorite over the Timberwolves on Friday. They have the Warriors, a four and a half point favorite over the Wizards. And the Clippers, a 13 and a half point favorite over the Rockets. That feels a little bit like a trap game, even <laughs> though it's in, in LA. Uh, but go ahead, go to Bet Online again. That promo code is locked on. Get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more analysis on the top prospe- prospects ev- every single year with the NBA Draft on Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Subscribe to uh, on Apple, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever to get. Full coverage of the draft prospects from credential draft experts. Some of them I handpicked myself. All right, Kane and Isaac Harris. Let's get into the rest of this game. So, Kane mentioned that the the, the Bucks went on a 12-0 run. At one point, the minute 45 left, the Mavericks had an eight, um, an 80 to 72 lead, an eight-point lead in the third quarter. The Bucks go on this 12-0 run. They finish the quarter with the lead, and you're like, "How do the Bucks have this lead right now?" It just looked like the Mavericks were just inching and inching closer to blowing this game out. And then the beginning of the fourth quarter, they kind of go back and forth. And then with about eight minutes left, 
Luca uh, or KP checks back in, and it's Luca and KP, and so now there's the all moment. this there's all this stuff like behind it now, right? It seems really dramatic, probably for Bucks fans that are listening to this, but Luca and KP, there's been some kind of friction. It's not like they hate each other. It's not like they love each other, right? Like it's something. In, it's not like they're Shaq and Kobe. It's not like they're uh, you know Bobby and Toby, right? Like there's some kind of thing that they're in the middle, and. It's been talked about. It's been talked about many times. We've been breaking down the body language. We've been going through like, okay, KP missed Luca here on a pass. Luca missed KP here on a pass. Are they doing it on purpose? Sometimes KP's looking at Luca after he gets a rebound and he doesn't pass to him. He passes to somebody else. And you're like, what's going on with this? And so it happened in the Houston game. Porzingis didn't get a single shot in the fourth quarter. And so you're like, kind of perks your ears up and you're like, what's going on? And then afterwards they asked Porzingis about it and he says, it's happened before and it's about the plays that we run and all that. And so there's just all kinds of weird stuff. And so they go into this game. You know that there's a microscope on this connection right now. And Luca and KP connect on two pretty good plays. A corner three for uh, KP and then another connection where they get another play. And then KP has a putback. And then all of a sudden... KP trips and they challenge the play and they they get it successful. The Mavs are starting to get some momentum. By the, the way, play scare n- me. No way, no way that Porzingis should have gotten that that call. But they. Well, did. he knew that. He was yeah. laughing. <laughs> yeah. He and then the Mavs start getting some momentum, and I think it was on the back of those two plays back to back almost that KP and Luca connected Isaac. Yeah, I mean, we were all waiting for him to check in in the fourth and see what was going to happen. I mean, that was the storyline coming out of the Houston loss, that he didn't touch the ball much. Uh, He was very frustrated. He voiced that after the game against Houston. And, you know, he comes out in the fourth, and he gets multiple looks from Luka and knocks down a couple threes. We're all freaking out about it. Like, let's go. KP has this look on his face of, all right. This is what I want. Get me the freaking ball. Like this is, you know. Anytime he plays well, it's business as usual. Like, yeah, this is what's supposed to happen. And anytime he doesn't play well at all, even if they're winning, it's like, this is the worst thing in the world and it never should happen to me, right? Like it's only one of those two things for KP. Yeah, but, you know, KP, you know, does his thing. He scores 11 points in the fourth. And my whole time, I'm like, well, crap, I'm just worried about Dante DiVincenzo because this dude hits like six threes in this game. I mean, Kane, is this guy? Was this an outlier game for him, or is he normally like this? Well, and he almost broke his cheekbone too with Dorian Finney-Smith when they had that collision late. Well, I want to come back to KP because there was something I want to ask you guys out of the out of the pregame that Rick Carlos said something really interesting to me. But as far as Dante goes, I mean he's been shooting thirty six, thirty seven percent all season long, so he's a guy that can knock down the three. And I must admit, early on in this game in particular. I was a little bit confused, and I don't know whether it was defensive breakdowns. I don't know whether it was strategy. But it looked to me at times that Dallas were almost treating – they were giving Dante DiVincenzo the Ben Simmons treatment on the perimeter, yeah. and, I, and I couldn't figure out why that was the case. I mean, he's certainly streaky. There's no doubt about that. He'll, he'll get, have a one-for-six night from three. But then the next night, he'll go six-for-six. Six. I mean, this is the type of player he is. And overall, the percentages even out uh, pretty nicely. So he, he's an erratic player. He he does. You never really know what's going to come next. But yeah, I was I was just thrown off by the three point defense with him in particular. What, what were you guys seeing? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, he's no you know Bogdan Bogdanovich, but right. you know. <laughs> here's here's what here's what happened. The Mavs always do stuff like this. Uh, Divincenzo went o three and o two the last two times last year that the Bucks played the Mavs. I right. bet they went yeah. back and watched that footage and were like, oh, he can't shoot. <laughs> 
because that's happened before. Remember uh, when Rick Carlisle looked through all the footage of the best guys on the roster to guard Bradley Beal before last season, yeah. and he picked Courtney Lee, and all of a sudden Courtney Lee went from like never playing to starting the beginning yep. of the season. Uh, they just sometimes Carlisle just does weird things like that, where he's like, let's just dare this guy to shoot, or let's just put this random guy on this guy, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I also like seeing the Villanova guys play against each other because Brunson, Dante, Mikel Bridges, um, Pascal, I want to say Amari Spellman, if he's even still in the league. Yeah, where is Uh, Spellman? Yeah, uh, these guys are still uh, very, very close. So seeing Brunson and Dante go against each other is always fun. So Pazingas, the the thing I did want to bring up, and uh, I was sort of tracking the the storyline from the game yesterday in particular, with Chris Dapps in the game against Houston in the fourth quarter, but uh, Rick was asked about this pregame today, and he describes how he thinks Pazingas fits within the offense in the fourth quarter, and I was very confused because Pazingas clearly is a skillful offensive player. He can bring more to the table than just stand in the corner, but Carlisle kind of just said... Well, you know, last night, and, and we, we like to do this, we can just put him out there because he'll space the floor and then someone has to guard him and we'll just play four on four. And I was thinking, okay, well, we're not talking about someone that can't do anything else. Like he's too talented and surely he's too valuable to be a guy that's just a statue, surely. And anyway, the funny thing about that is tonight he did stand out on the perimeter and he knocked down those three. So maybe <laughs> that's maybe that's why Rick's an NBA coach and I'm not. But Kane, I, are you I, on KP's payroll? <laughs> listen, listen. Giannis, I, I is Giannis's brother paying you? Giannis Porzingis, is he paying you? There was, I'm telling you, there was a period going back a few years ago where uh, the Giannis-KP matchups when he was still with the Knicks were almost the most entertaining matchup mm. on the schedule for the year because Porzingis, I mean, we didn't know what he was going to be at that point. The potential was, was all there and Giannis was still on the rise, but... Uh, not I think quite he tore his ACL against the Bucks too. He did dunking on Giannis. <laughs> so my, the my point was his, his brother's name was Giannis, and that was what got Y A N I S. That's that's who got like like the wedge between him and the Knicks. That was the whole thing there. Um, but yeah, with with Porzingis, like he doesn't have a go to move, right? Like he doesn't have those fourth quarter. Like he has his little pull up or his turnaround shots that he can hit every once in a while. But I'm not sure the Mavericks are that are that trusting in that shot or his moves there to trust him with like fourth quarter offense. Am I Isaac, you think I'm off on that? No. Well, I mean, I think we've seen a little bit of the tension even after the game tonight, after a win, you know, Rick is asked about that fourth quarter and Rick, you know, has he, as he's talked about before, he's like, Hey, our team, we're kind of like, we're running better when we're not running plays. And he's like, it's more of this free flowing thing letting these guys play. And then KP's asked about what happened in the fourth in in the play calling because he mentioned the play calling after the loss against Houston. He's like, yeah, it's this and that, but at times we need to run plays. <laughs> so like there, for, there for are, whom though, for who? <laughs> yeah, but that that's the thing. It's like it's it, it's very clear that there's two different uh, opinions on what should be happening in in the fourth quarter, but it worked out tonight. Yeah, when you have Luca anyway running the show, I, I think you know Rick might be onto something there. Let Luca have the ball in his hands and create because the guy's an yeah. absolute magician. And I and I thought tonight, I mean, as far as the Bucks defense goes, we've seen all season long that as they've been trying different things, they've been switching and they switched a lot tonight. We saw that a lot. That's not something they did in previous years. It's a different Milwaukee defense, but they've had trouble with overhelping all season long. And tonight, 
Um, not only were they late on their rotations from the weak side, but the help at times, and, and I'm only singling out Chris Milton because I remember a couple of occasions where this happened, where he, he well, tried to help. Time. Yeah, and he, he tried to help on the Luca penetration. But if you're going to help, you have to at least put a body on him. And he didn't do anything. He just kind of took a couple <laughs> steps uh, towards him and then left his man wide open on the perimeter for an open three or a ball swing. So, yeah, I just thought there was a lot of disconnect uh, 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 for the Bucks defensively, which, you know, again, when you're going up against Luka, it's probably not a good idea. You cannot hedge against Luka Doncic, right? You have right, to either right. commit yeah, fully yeah. to the trap and go straight for it and try to get the ball out of his hands, put it in Josh Richardson, put it in Dorian Finney's with somebody else, or you have to, like, be a really, really good switching team and have guys that can handle him uh, because they'll find the mismatch and they'll just attack it and attack it and attack it and, and, uh, and in the fourth quarter. It's the way they do. Kane, can I ask you this question before we go? Were you ever scared that Giannis was going to team up with Luka in Dallas? Uh, well, I'm a little bit selfish, and I mentioned this to you guys before we started recording here. I mean, there's this Giannis not only... I mean, we, we found out tonight, and, and we love Drew, love Chris, love all these guys, but when you're watching this team night to night, the experience is just different when Giannis isn't out there. So not only would I have felt bad for the city of Milwaukee, which essentially has become a second home for me, I would have felt bad for my own viewing experience watching this team and covering this team on a day, daily basis. So to say that I wasn't scared at all of him, not only potentially going to Dallas or Miami or Toronto, yes, I was. Uh, I was confident he was going to stay, but you couldn't get those dark thoughts out of the back of your mind. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> You you mean you you aren't excited about having like locked on Sam Merrill, or <laughs> I, I I don't think this podcast existed during the uh, the Monte Alice Brandon Jennings days. But yeah, I mean oh. it, it, let's let's be real, let's be real. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough pull. Whenever Giannis retires or whenever he does uh, leave or play somewhere else, I don't know what we're going to do. I might have to retire. Who knows? <laughs> you 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 guys, the Bucks pulled out a guy tonight that I. We we all I mean we talk about the NBA every, every day all three of us. You guys checked in a guy tonight I had never heard of. Ever. Who's it? How do you say this guy's name? Mamadi. Oh, no, Diakite. Yeah, Who is you this? T- careful Phil when you say that, Kane. We're a, we're a family friendly show. He's <laughs> <laughs> a Villanova guy. What are you talking about? Come on. You were is talking really? about Villanova guys. Is he really? I didn't know that. I don't know this guy at all. He no, is this, literally. This says he went to Virginia. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he did go to Virginia. Yeah, okay. I, well, I, I, I saved co- Isaac. I hate, col- saved. I hate college sports, so just you know, so do whatever. I. It's I was okay. thinking Virginia. Why was I thinking Virginia? Malcolm Brogdon, right? He was a Virginia oh, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, that's yeah, my excuse. He had the blonde hair in college. That's what it was. He had the blonde hair in college. He played in the national championship game. I yes, he did. I remember him now. Oh, hit wow. a big shot. Hit a big shot. Actually, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He's a fan favorite, by the way. Let me say that the 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 Bucks fans absolutely love this guy. He he went down and played for the Lakeland Magic in the G League uh, bubble this year, and he averaged like twenty points, twelve rebounds, four blocks, or something ridiculous like that. They're they're pretty excited Let's about go. this guy. Yeah. Nick and Nick and I both liked Jordan Noir coming out of yeah, uh, coming out of Louisville in the draft. So I like I like him. So treat him well. He could shoot a bit. He can <laughs> shoot a bit. You know, Thanasis, Pat Connaughton. They got a bunch of guys, the Bucks, honestly, a bunch of young guys that you could see potentially breaking into the rotation in, in future years. Um, they drafted a lot of older guys, you know, Diakite's older, 
uh, War is older, Sam Merrill's older, but they can all shoot. They could, they've all got NBA skills, so it, it's just tough, as you guys know, when you when you when you have a pretty good team. There's only so many except, guys except for play. Jeff Teague. Is Jeff Teague done? Like I thought he was trash. Well, until he came across Dwight Powell, and he was like, "Let me just roast you real quick." <laughs> Jeff Teague surprisingly has been pretty good for the Bucks since he's been here. And he straight up said, and this was, I don't know if this was straight up Celtic shade, but I don't know about you guys, but I love any time we can, <laughs> we can talk. this. Let's We're go. Yeah, totally. We can, we can Is talk. This about Chris Mannix? All right. <laughs> well, well, Jeff Teague, one of the things he said when we spoke to him after the game a couple of nights ago, he said, yeah, you know, because he had 15 points, played really well. He's like, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of easy with this team because guys pass the ball. You know that you're going to, you're going to, you're going to touch. And I'm like, oh, are you talking about Jason, ISO, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? <laughs> Marcus Smart right there. Is that who you're talking about? So uh, I thought it was a pretty good comment. And it, I don't necessarily think it was directly related to that, but that's how I took it. Interesting. Well, we have like Bud is the Teague whisperer, I guess. The same way yeah, that Tibbs is the Derrick Rose whisperer, right? right the exactly, same way exactly. that Rick Carlisle was the Devin Harris whisperer, I think, right? Like there's just yeah. coaches. Sometimes right, they just like yeah. those point guards. JJ Barea. Well, that, yeah, that one's different. But it's, it's the ones that like leave and come back, right? Those are the ones I think yeah. that really stand the test of time. Uh, how do you feel about the finals and the playoffs? Like, how What's your confidence meter with the Bucs? We'll end here. I think the Bucs have a better team this year. Uh, I like the – I mean, Drew Holiday is just so damn good. And, you know, yeah. if you have Giannis, clearly it's a different team. And Drew Holiday, I, I, th- I don't think enough people have made uh, a bigger – comments or they haven't given it enough credit that you mm-hmm. replace Eric Bledsoe with Drew Holiday. I mean, let, let, let's, yeah. let's be real Is about that. Is that an that. upgrade? So, or... <laughs> hey, Ask the Pelicans. Uh, <laughs> some people have asked. I can't remember who it was. It was one of the TV guys that said that uh, Drew Holiday and Bledsoe are similar players. But anyway. Oh, come on. Um, no, was I, it, I like was it Derek thing. Harper today that said that the Bucks were the best offense in the league because they averaged the most points? Hey, come on. We just go straight off point, points per game here, don't we? We don't need to worry about anything else. But, yeah, no, I, I like the Bucks team for the playoffs. I think they're built better for the playoffs. They're going to stay healthy. They're going to have a bit of luck. But the biggest problem for Milwaukee is the fact that there wasn't the Brooklyn Nets the last couple of years. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, they weren't a team. So, you know, you're talking about title odds. that They're probably lower than they were in the previous two years just simply by the fact you've got Brooklyn. So, We'll see. I, we'll I want to see your defensive matchups. If PJ Tucker is healthy, I want to see Drew and PJ and Giannis against their three. I'm so excited to see that. I would love to see it in a playoff series. And hopefully you guys can avoid the Nets in the second round or something along those lines. Yeah, you need a little bit of luck. And that's that's the only one thing I would say for the East. I mean, you look at Philadelphia as well. They probably like their chances with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Matisse Thibel as well. They probably like the defensive mix that they have. So I don't think it's going to be easy for Brooklyn, but I just can't get the idea out of my head of needing to go bucket for bucket with Harden, Durant, and and Kyrie in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just terrifying. So who knows? Who knows? But you guys, you know, whether it's first rounds, it's, was it Phoenix, Utah, Clippers? Phoenix, Phoenix right now, if the Mavericks pass either the Lakers or the Blazers, it'll be – Clippers, and that'll be a rematch from last year. And we're just trying we're to get out of the playing tournament. For that That's one. all we want. Yeah, just, let's just get six or above at this point. So, yeah, send the you, Lakers you got- down there to play the Warriors in the play-in. Send that's what I want. Send the Lakers down there to play in the play-in. That cr- how, what what a TV night that'll be. The play-in game between the Warriors, Steph Curry, <laughs> and the Lakers and LeBron. Hey, we saw firsthand the other night. Like the Warriors stink. Their roster stinks. 
but they still got Steph Curry, so they can beat you in a one-off game. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. That's true. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you guys can follow Kane Pittman. We'll put a link in the description of this podcast for his Twitter. Also, you can go listen to him on Locked On Bucks. Great show. Uh, obviously, if you're listening on Locked On Bucks, you can follow Isaac and I uh, at Nick Van Exit at Locked On Mavs at Isaac L Harris. We cover Locked On Mavs. Also, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll see Kane's lovely face there and his uh, his great Wi-Fi connection from uh, from Australia. So shout out. We got Kane all the way down there with his with his locked on hat, by the way. That looks terrible yeah, right. on me, so I keep it on the shelf. No, I'm I'm repping and uh listen, when we plan to do these post game shows with other hosts from the locked on network, there always has to be one loser. And you know coming into it that someone is gonna come off, you know, the the loser. The opposition fan base is gonna roast them. So we'll see. We'll see what comes of this, but uh I'm courageous. Like Luka Doncic <laughs> with his toe tonight, I battled through. And it's not like we put any of your tweets on blast that maybe have been questionable that Mavs fans may have not liked. It's not like we I'm did fair. That. I'm fair. Come on. They they can't rip me too much. I feel like it was uh fair critique. Fair critique. Come on, go easy. Absolutely. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Boom. Oh, I didn't wait at the end. It's gonna give it's gonna cut off at the end. I can feel it. I didn't wait enough time. What are you doing over there? Oh, it's okay. It was pretty, it was, it was good enough this whole time. And we just play beautiful basketball on the fourth here at home, and, and I think the fans enjoyed it.